You're listening to the Women's Football Talk podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Regan. Good weekend all round, I'd say. That yours been all right? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. Enjoyed it a lot. Although uh, one of us is definitely feeling the worse for wear than the other this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the things you do to stay up just to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> Some of us in life have better priorities. <laughs> I don't offend the Swifties, all right? <laughs> That's the one thing I don't want happening. Although, like, I'll take new listeners that are Taylor Swift fans. Just don't put us on Stan Twitter. Exactly. Nothing against Taylor we... Swift. Like, hey, she's got a good life right now. Better play to her. We don't want any of that bad blood. Come on, get a Taylor Swift pun in there. So I knew you would get a choice, and it was one that I was trying to think of myself, but then couldn't be asked because I'm not even 100% <laughs> in <laughs> any way, shape, or form to try and do it. Look, I stayed up for the Super Bowl. It was a good game. Yeah, for sure. Usher was fine at half-time. That's all I'd say to yeah. Not, not a fan of him, if I'm honest. I just like the hits. Mm. He did the hits. It's, it's fine. But I do know what you are a fan of, though. What am I a fan of? The Women's FA Cup, because that's what we had this like weekend. I do like a bit of the Women's FA Cup. It's all right as a neutral. The team's not involved. I could sort of try and like it. Obviously, I would prefer my team to be in it, but that's not the case anymore. And the Women's FA Cup, like Usher also does have, it gave us a few hits <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to wait for you to just... <laughs> that's Lil John. Yeah. That's not even like uh, Usher's beat. It's still a big Usher song. <laughs> It's little, that's Lil John's bit. Anyway, let's get yeah, on with the yeah. game. I know, I'm getting on with it. I'm starting, of course. Arsenal nil, Manchester City won. This, while it lacked in quality chances until the end of the match, I thought this was a very closely fought affair. That Arsenal, yet again, their issues were laid bare, but that's what it's talk about. Firstly, though, Manchester City's first ever win at Meadow Park. That is a shock. Yeah, I hope I got that stat right because I think that was along the lines of what it was, but it's also sort of understandable given. I mean, I'm just like Man City. Man City have won titles, but Arsenal have always been ahead of them in a way. Yeah. I mean, just looking quickly here on uh, one football, not sponsored, but uh, yeah, Arsenal have won the last few that have been at home. Yeah, of course, they've won there early in the season in that close game, which Man City should have won in that one as well, after having the majority of the, the chances. And I feel like, as I said, this game was a bit closer, but at the same time, Arsenal, it wasn't like other games where they've had loads of chances not taking them they were a bit reserved i thought at times they didn't get it as many bodies forward as i thought they would yeah they seemed a lot more different than what we saw of arsenal like you say in that first meeting between the two sides uh earlier on in the season they seemed a lot more cautious with what they were doing in the attack yeah they haven't created much of a challenge for city's defense either Mm. I mean, it was very easy for them. Um, admittedly, Kiara Keaton did have a very good game in goal. Yes, uh, for that, Man City. <laughs> I was going but... to, I was going to get 
to that at one point. But like Man City, they play well. Wingers there to cause a threat when they get the ball, Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly. But then, of course, both of them have to deal with the threat that is Katie McCabe, who I swear she woke up and chose violence even more than than usual this time around because the smallest of things as she's on Lauren Hemp (laughs) and Chloe Kelly in moments. It's just Katie McCabe things. Are you expecting anything else? Wind up merchant. That's absolute wind-up version, which, if I'm the opposition, I want to booked. And I'll be honest, yeah. I was amazed that she wasn't. Exactly. It's usually a guarantee that she gets a book in, in those types of situations. But no, she didn't get booked at all. Only the four bookings, and they didn't come until stoppage time. Yeah, that may be debatable refereeing again, we could say. Mm. In this, there's other moments we could talk about. It tough. We're going to go with the controversial route. A lot of Ruben Moy in the first half is probably very lucky to have not seen a red card after yeah. what looked like a clear elbow on Khadija Shaw. Yeah, it was not the best of things, to be fair. Um, obviously, referees sees as one thing compared to what everyone else is, and obviously we get to have a look at the replays on it, but it didn't look uh, very good from a lot of Ruben Moy. No, and in this week of all weeks when we've seen Aston Villa striker Rachel Daly given a three-match suspension for was a similar incident, Daly's elbow is slightly different and there's a swing out in that case. Women Moy, is, she's gone for the ball, but her arm is out and does catch, sure. But mm. if, if we're going to be consistent with something like this, I... I am sort of expecting the same thing for her. Be interesting to see what does come out of that in terms of if there is any sort of possible suspension. I mean, it took, was it Wednesday or Thursday that uh, it came out uh, regarding Rachel Daly's uh, situation? So maybe a little bit later on in the week for us, we'll hear whether the FA are going to take action of it because obviously it wasn't picked up by the referee at the time. But if we Which is just a it, shocking in turn when you look at the replays because the referee is also right in front of it so it's a bit shocking in that regard as well yeah it's very very uh weird that there wasn't any action taken in that sense yeah and Wuben Moy being out for three games if it was to happen that would be a huge loss for Arsenal yeah it would be an absolute massive loss I mean their next three games after obviously this past weekend they have uh Coming up, give me a second. Uh, London City Linus is on Wednesday. Then Manchester United and then Spurs. But if it wasn't done until Thursday morning, so she's able to play in that London City Lionesses game, she'll miss Man United, Tottenham and Chelsea. So that's three games you don't want a player like her to be out for. Mm, Especially as Amanda Illestert was missing uh, yesterday as well with illness. I mean, obviously it's not long-term stuff, but when you've got... Leah Williamson slowly coming back from her ACL injury and not yet playing 90 minutes. You can't be affording to lose a lot of Obamwe. Yeah, and also it's nothing against other options. Leia Kadena hasn't played as much. I don't think she's looked as good as the others as well. Mm. It's It feels like a bit of a more of a slow introduction compared to like what 
the likes of uh, Polova and Cooney Cross I've had into this Arsenal and Alessia Russo. Kadina seems to be getting eased a lot more into it uh, this season, into the team. And yeah. Jonas Oliver seems happy with uh, when they're playing Ilster and Vubben Moy together. Mm. I think they, I guess maybe it's just a balanced thing. They both have different ways of playing and it suits the team better. Maybe that's just a way of thinking. Is it just the fact that he just wants a Swedish player in? Is it as simple as that? Probably Possibly. not, if we're being honest. No. But uh, you, you mentioned Kiara Keating. Uh, we can now talk about her because she's the future. Yeah, I mean, she's just superb. Which is not even the future. She's the now. She should be the now. Yeah. Well, we know she well, won't be the now. If, if we're talking England, England, she's not going to be the yeah. now for a few years. Like Mary Scatter decides to just not play international football for mm. for Kiara Casey's ever step up. But, you know, she's there waiting to, to take that spot. And right. the save she pulled off in this game was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, she's been having a fantastic season for Manchester City so far. And this game just highlights how good of a keeper she is. I mean, the fact that she's kept Sandy McGeever on the bench all season, Ellie Roebuck isn't getting a sniff in the team sheets at times, let alone in goal. 19 years old, absolute brilliant for what she's been doing, considering she wasn't even really considered last season, um, apart from when um, Robot got sent off in the Manchester derby, if I remember correctly. It was uh, Keating that came on then rather than McGeever. I don't really remember, if I'm honest. Um, uh, one, but before we do, there's one save we have to talk about, because it does technically go down as a save. Did the ball cross the line? Yeah. Officially, no. Well, no, that's the easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't give you the hard answer. It was... I don't know. I'm really not too sure on this one. What are hard you... to see. On There's no straight line angle, obviously. The main TV angle that we saw made it look like it had but then did you see i think it was man city had posted it and then it was on bbc sports twitter as well there was that angle that was closer to the goal and then you just got a, a better view of axe greenwood shocked face yeah and it looked on from that angle actually it could have been on the line yeah i think it's one of them where because we don't have a good enough angle and that's the one downside of some of these women's games being played at like Meadow Park and whatnot is you don't get the good angles to see fully. And obviously in uh, as well, we don't have the, uh, what do you call it, technology of goal line technology yeah. in the women's no, game. There's no Hawker. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a massive loss to... in their moments as well. Because I swear they happen a lot as well. I think there was another one that happened this weekend, but they did get given United. Mm. That was it. Rachel Williams' goal. We probably did. I didn't see that one in a close angle, but it's one of the things. If we want to improve the game, like try and get the technology where we can. Mm, like we need just it's not necessarily just straight up VAR, but it is one of them where gobbling technology needs to be something first. So these kind of stuff just don't happen on a regular occurrence, and we have more clarity on situations. Yeah, sure. And obviously, because that didn't go.
go in. Arsenal, they're out. Manchester City are into the quarterfinals. Like Arsenal, their season's not over. Obviously, they're still in the Conti Cup at the moment. The league isn't completely out of the question. But they're in danger of their season slipping away a little bit. Within this next week, it could all be over realistically because they could, although <laughs> unlikely, lose to uh, lose to London City Lionesses in the Conti Cup. And if they lose to Manchester United at the weekend in the league, then their season could well and truly be over on all fronts within the space of seven days. Yeah, confidence and morale is low, but we'll talk more on that later when we preview the weekend's fixtures. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk the rest of the Women's FA Cup now, but first we'll go Chelsea 1, Crystal Palace 0. They didn't have this all their own way, did the current holders? They Jesus had to work for this, and my yeah, my God, the goal they got to break through. My Ramirez, give yourself a round of applause because the confidence and the quality to just pull off that backhill finish in that moment, and to have that be the first goal that you score for the club, that's one you remember. That is special, absolute. Special backhill flick over the keeper that can be nominated for the 2024 Pushcast Award already because that is just sensational what she did. Yeah, I, I don't think Chelsea were awful. Like, clearly, they probably dominated that match, and it was just a case of them not having the chances. They had Lauren James starting the game at the beginning, but then before kickoff, she wasn't. It was decided by Emmett Hayes that she was pulled out because she hadn't been well, which mm. which alarmed everybody because nobody knew. It was like, don't let her be injured. Don't let her be injured. Don't let her be injured. And thankfully, all was rectified at the end. Yes. And um, also as well in that game, Erin Cuthbert had about three or four big, big chances where she could have scored just coming from like the edge of the box having shots. Uh, yeah, Crystal Palace made it really, really hard for them. And give credit to Palace as well. Obviously, we know the golfing difference between the two sides. Palace being in the Women's Championship, Chelsea being top of the WSL. And not just Crystal Palace, I think across uh, the championship sides this weekend in the FA Cup, they all gave themselves a great name. Uh, did and the non-championship non teams as well that were involved. Yes. So like, uh, they all they all put a shift in. Well, maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them. If we if we look at the one, not the forest. Line, we're looking at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what was funny is well? I think that was the one everyone did actually look at and go, "There's a chance there." Everton are great. Forest are doing all right, <laughs> and then yeah, didn't happen unfortunately in yes. that case. But there was one game when it looked like it was also going to happen. And you were watching this one on Saturday. Leicester City 6, Birmingham City 2. This was a fun watch, wasn't it? Do tell me about this one. I mean, mental as hell. So within like the first 90 seconds, two minutes of the game, Blues go ahead 1-0. Missy, Goodwin, own goal. Uh, unlucky deflection, nothing really she could do about it. Then... Uh, just before 20 minutes, Janice came and gets a goal and puts uh, Leicester level. Then Shannon O'Brien gets one a few minutes later and you think, OK, Leicester are going to just steamroll this. Just before half-time, Libby Smith equalised. A minute, maybe a minute and a half later, O'Brien gets her second and we're at 3-2 at half-time. I'm like, 
I've had five goals in the first 45 minutes here. I need this break because this could end up being 100 100 at this rate. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. It felt like it. Honestly, I felt like it it could have been one of such a high score. You weren't watching the basketball this time. (laughs) True. Uh, Yeah, Blues took it to Leicester. There was times where they looked uh, the much better, especially the opening uh, 10-15 minutes before Leicester equalised. Uh, Leicester were just struggling to get out of their own half. May, uh, Blues were making it really difficult for them, but then uh, the second half, you just saw a complete uh, switch in sides. Leicester become uh, the better of the two teams. Sayori Takadara getting a goal, and then uh, Deanna Rose within 10 seconds of coming in I think it was like a third or fourth touch of the game uh, she scored and then a late goal in uh, from Aileen Whelan sealed the win and yeah much better second half performance from Leicester Blues did have their chances uh, throughout the rest of that one but Leicester got the six goals and went through to the quarterfinals yeah a couple of Leicester players I want to shout out on this one Shannon O'Brien scoring twice she's a player that's had to get over a few injuries and mm-hmm. whenever she's played, she's looked like a good player. She looks phenomenal. Like if Leicester can keep her fit for a while, she will be a big, big uh, help for them. And again, she's one where I think within the next year or two, she could move up the WSL. High ceiling in terms of her talent then. Yes. Sort of what I wanted to give some progress towards as well. Sauri, Takarada. Their January signing, scoring a goal, grabbed an assist as well. She looks like a shrewd bit of business from them after the, they signed her. Yeah, absolutely. Class. I mean, I've seen her before because she was previously at the Washington Spirit in the NWSL, uh, played 13 games there during the time. Uh, but yeah, what a signing they have been for uh, Leicester City. Yeah, fair play. We'll run through the rest of the results. So on that Saturday as well, Tottenham beat Charlton by goal to nil. That was a close game with Tottenham involved against the current championship leaders. It was Kit Graham who scored from distance. It was a nice goal and against their old club as well, as is the way. It's the FA Cup for you. It's the rules you have to score against your old club. Yeah. (laughs) It's also the rules that defenders score hat-tricks because then one of the other games on Sunday, Wolves won, Brighton four. In the end, although Wolves, they pulled it back to one apiece. And it was making you think the cup set alarm was ready to be sounded. But then Emma Kahlberg, a player who had never scored for Brighton before this match, decided, I'm going to be a striker now and score a hat-trick. Like the fact that she came on as a second-half substitute so with 63 minutes gone and she scored a hat-trick in the last 20-odd minutes of the game. As a defender, is... Three, three of them in eight minutes. I don't even know what the hell you say to that. that you just say, is Jen Beattie your idol? <laughs> Jen Beattie who? I am the true goal-scoring centre-back. <laughs> she's, ta- no, she's taken over now. <laughs> she really has done like that. Was just <laughs> look, at me, look at me. I am the goal-scoring defender now. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, that was just yeah brilliant from her to see. Yeah, uh, moving to the rest of the Sunday matches, London City, Lioness is nil, Liverpool 2, that was a fairly straightforward one for Liverpool. Southampton 1, Manchester United 3, 
I want to say it was straightforward for United, but it wasn't because Southampton mm. got it back level. And in that second half, Southampton were piling the pressure on. Yeah, they've got some good players. I do uh, try and keep an eye on them we've in the it. championship. Yeah, we did see them two years back now, maybe three. God, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, that. But mm. Rachel Williams came through a super sub again. Doing what Rachel Williams does. Been a while. Yeah, she had, was it three or four games where it'd been Nikita Paris taking the limelight? Rachel Williams just like, okay, I'll do my usual. Save it yeah. for off the but bench. Now, and... now Nikita Paris is the starter. You're relying back on Rachel Williams again. I think, you know, I need to be better though. Come this the week on this weekend when they play Arsenal, but we'll talk about that as we said. And then, as we said, Nottingham Forest didn't do well against Everton. It ended 7 1 to the WSL side. And mm. that, that's all. I think of the words of, yeah, it is it. That's all. And the draw, I believe, is happening. Well, tonight. as of time of recording, of it's happening tonight. But when this episode goes out, it will have happened. Yeah, so you know the draw before we do, in that sense. Mm. So Chelsea versus Manchester City, that's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> I mean, I i was doing a graphic for it uh, last night, hence why I asked you to send me stuff over uh, on Canva, and I just put in the teams randomly. Um, <laughs> What I've done for the draw, or how it looks like I've done for the draw, it, uh, I've got it as Leicester, Tottenham, then I've got Everton, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Brighton. Oh, I'm glad that you it. said it, because I think, mm, if this happens, that's a great shorts clip. <laughs> exactly. Oh, if only that is the draw. I am a fucking genius. <laughs> I'll be asking for the lottery numbers next. <laughs> so will I. So before we talk this weekend's big, and I mean big, WSL matches that we have going on, there is something that came out last night that we need to discuss because it's very important and quite frankly a disgrace if this ends up coming to fruition. So yesterday it was announced that the Swiss federal government are cutting their funds towards next year's women's Euros. So it was believed they were going to be spending... 15 million francs on this. I don't know how that works in pounds. Can't remember. But it's now reported they're going to be only spending 4 million francs. So that's a pretty significant drop off. And I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, there's about 2 million difference. I've just done a quick changeover in conversion for it's you. worse. Yeah. So. Uh, 15 million francs is about 13 and a half uh, million pounds, and then obviously 4 million francs would be three points. Okay, it's actually less when you get down to the single figures, it gets to about 3.6 million, but still, uh, losing 11 million from uh, the budget for a tournament that was supposed to put your country on the map and say, Look, we've invested in women's football we're making ourselves big we're hosting this tournament look what it did for england and now you're caught in 11 million from it it's just absolutely disgraceful yeah like it's a shocking shocking call to do this like also just very tone deaf as well in a time where women's football or women's sport in general is growing at this exceptional rate 
and then you decide to make a decision such as this. It just feels like the whole bid and all this plan that you had when you got it, you've gone two steps forward and then 10 steps backwards. Yeah, it's just it's disgraceful. I mean, I hope that uh, FIFA or someone, UEFA can step in and just tell them, like, you can't do this or if the worst comes to worst. I mean, there's still over a year until the tournament is scheduled to take place. Strip them off it because that is, you're not showing the true support for the women's game and the growth that everyone's been talking about over the last uh, two, two and a bit years. Um, and like to be at a situation now, what, we're about a year and a half away from the tournament and we're talking about cuts from the tournament, not more money being invested into it, but money being taken away is just absolutely disgraceful. Obviously, we don't have real knowledge of UEFA's rules with this, but you'd think, right, when you're awarded tournaments, and ma especially major tournaments such as this, there has to be some sort of agreement in set budgets. And you think of all the events, I don't mean just football ones in this case, like the Olympics, for example. Countries overspend on their budgets. Mm -hmm. It happens. It does cause a few issues. Very rarely do you see circumstances, or at least the ones I can recall off the top of my head, where they scale back this much. It's a yeah. weird thing just to see. I mean, I, you are 100% right with how much like a lot of countries with other big sporting events do end up overspending and the cost of stuff, because I know a lot recently have been talked about the cost of the next Commonwealth Games and no one wanting to host it because of how much it costs. But when you're cutting spending money from before you've even hosted the tournament or and like you're cutting 11 million francs is just mental. I think as far as what I read in that article as well, a lot of it is in more or less other stuff as well, like transport. We have to do a lot of stuff up because it's going to be so many people coming to, to these host cities to watch the football as well. I think I'd seen like the city of Foon, I, I think is how you say it, or fun, but there was mentioned that they may end up having to like pull out of hosting if they can't get the funding that they need, which I believe is then an issue towards the overall bid as a as a whole. I mean, if that is the case, then FIFA and UEFA will need to step in ASAP and rectify this because you can't be having this sort of talk uh, about potentially having host cities pull out of hosting games like it shouldn't be the case like what are we doing here it's one of these things where details are sparse i only have gone off the one article that has been seen hasn't been anything much else today that i've seen no, interestingly no. so i'm going to gather everyone's just trying to find the information i know and then we go from there and mm. see what what happens but you hope something is rectified as well and i was just trying to remember who were the other host cities at the time I think Norway was the other one was it which you're thinking well Norway care Norway like really are invested in their women's team that mm. would have been a good tournament and I know that I saw an article the other day saying about Sweden and Denmark potentially doing a joint bid for the 2029 European Championships yeah uh, which like, would be the next one so. 
Mm. If in doubt, we'll have it. <laughs> we'll have it back over here. Well, I mean, I don't know what the sum of sport is looking like over here in terms of the football grounds, but yeah, definitely uh, something we hope can get rectified soon and no more money is pulled out of it by the Swiss FA. Yeah, we hope not. Um, now, I think it's the time we will preview the weekend's matches. Of course, we said there are two in particular in the WSL that are huge. And I'm a huge Ginormous. in... Yes, that word as well. <laughs> All right, Susie. <laughs> Big words. <laughs> uh, huge in context of the season as a whole. Firstly, I think we'll start with Chelsea facing Manchester City this Friday evening. The top two face off. This is the biggest game of the season in context of the title race and how it's all played out, isn't it? Well, a win for City would put them level on points with Chelsea, but could go ahead of them depending on goal difference. Or a win for Chelsea could extend their gap. Like it's currently a three point gap uh, between the sides. So a six point gap after this weekend could be uh, unharvestable. And obviously, depending on how other games go this weekend, which we'll get into in a second, it, it could be handing over the trophy to Chelsea already. Yeah, I was trying to stop myself saying, Chelsea win this. It's over then, right? Surely they're not going to lose twice, are they? But the way this season's gone, I don't want to rule anything out. Even if the season had gone how we expect it to, I still wouldn't want to rule it out because that's just me as a football fan personally. But I know that everyone who knows WSL knows Chelsea don't lose more than twice. No. Definitely not. I mean, the first meeting between these two sides back in October was a 1-1 draw, uh, which was the second game of the season. Classic. Proper WSL heritage game. Emily Heaslip sending off Alex Green for time-wasting despite them winning with like 70 minutes to go. (laughs) It was still... I completely forgot about that. And then the Lauren Hemp sending off. They would have won if they didn't have two players sent off. Yep. I had genuinely until you just said that I completely forgot about that. Oh my god! Wow, it's why we started this. It feels like Man City are on this great run. Chelsea also are on this great run, but I think there's moments where you can question them slightly, and I don't think they were great in their last win against Everton. So this is a chance for Man City if they could really turn up and put on another good performance. Yeah, and they've been solid at the back. Only conceded eight goals this season. Compared to Chelsea, we've conceded 12, which obviously isn't that many more. But City have been very hard to break down this season. So I am very, very intrigued to see how this one plays out on Friday night. Yeah, the downside to this one as well is that it's at King's Meadow. I think this game deserved the Stamford Bridge atmosphere. If there is a Stamford mm. Bridge atmosphere. <laughs> That's a joke. No. That's a joke. That's a joke. I would... Don't come for me. But... Like obviously it's understandable. Friday evening they weren't going to give Stamford Bridge to them, but they are still unbeaten at Kings Meadow in their I can't remember the, the exact run of games, but they're unbeaten quite a long stretch at home, Chelsea. So it will be a very interesting affair. I want to go on the other interesting thing as well, barring injuries and illness. 
it should be Khadija Shaw versus Lauren James in this in their golden boot fight off. 13 goals for Khadija Shaw, 12 for Lauren James at the minute. I am very, very excited to see who comes out on top if both are fit. Yeah, we'd hope so. Shaw obviously had the ice pack on her leg after the Arsenal win, although it was believed that she's had that for weeks. She's dealt with it. So there's that. And Lauren James, you'd have to guess that she'd be fit and yeah, well after this weekend. Another battle that intrigues me as well is goalkeepers. You've got Hannah Hampton, who's coming for Chelsea and done very well, and Kiara Keating, who has stood out this season for Manchester City. Both could be in uh, the England squad, which is coming out tomorrow. Yeah, completely forgot about uh, that uh, one as well, even though I'd seen it was happening. We obviously can't talk on that because it won't have happened as of time of recording either. But I think the hope, we said it already in our last podcast, Nikita Paris deserved a call-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could potentially see these two top keepers in this one uh, in the game. I'd agree. So. I think they're the England's keepers at Herbs, Keating, Hampton. Yeah, it feels pretty set now over these last couple of weeks. In our heads, at least, and probably many else, if you want to take the best keepers right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, should we have a look at Saturday's game? Because that is also a very tasty one. It is tasty, and any time these two have faced lately, it has always delivered in quality. Arsenal versus Manchester United, third versus fourth. Easy first question I'm going to ask, is this must-win for Manchester United? To have any hopes of Champions League football next season? Yes. Just straight up. (laughs) We've got to win, or the season's probably over. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... It's four points gap between them and Arsenal at the minute. So to be seven points back after, if they were to lose this one uh, on Saturday, it's even as bad as Arsenal have been, that is a big, big ask for them to drop a further seven points and Man United to pick up that. And then, well, they'd have to pick up eight to go ahead of Arsenal. Yeah, it is. But I was also going to ask as well, because you could say in, in Arsenal's context as well, is this must win because obviously they don't want to be further behind Chelsea or Man City in the title race. But then also you want to be clear of Manchester United and even just for the team themselves, my God, do they need a confidence booster? Yeah. I mean, we was mentioning it earlier in the uh, talk about Arsenal's game in the FA Cup and how like it could be a bad week for them. I genuinely do believe that if they were to lose this one, it, their season in terms of the title is definitely over. I just, I can't see Man City and Chelsea faltering that bad. Uh, so they've just got to be keeping an eye over their shoulders, but they've got to stay calm, get their job done and try and win as many games as possible going forward now. Mm. Get their momentum back, get over the defeat at the weekend. I have to wonder as well, We've seen Beth Mead and Caitlin Ford play in the wide roles the last few games. Have they got to change that? Yeah. To me, there's just it, there's something not clicking at the minute for Arsenal. I mean, obviously, they lost to West Ham uh, in the league as well uh, last week. And now losing to Manchester City in the FA Cup, it hasn't been a good 
couple of weeks for Arsenal, something's not right. And I do think maybe a tweak or a change for Jonas Ardeval is something that is needed to look at. Otherwise, I think Man United would be able to deal with that quite uh, easily. Mm. It's interesting to, or considering they signed her in the summer, we haven't seen as much of Chloe Lacasse in terms of a starting role. She's always come off the bench and looked very bright whenever she has done. Also, Stina Blackstenius hasn't started for a while and she caused problems when she started against United back at the start of the season. Mm. I think definitely Lacasse needs to get some more minutes, whether it is from the start or a more impactful substitution appearance. It is definitely something Idaval needs to consider because she has been really uh, well when she has came onto the pitch yeah. this season. And there's another thing as well, Viviana Mida, but we don't know if she figures in. She missed the game at the weekend. It was a knee strain, I think it was. I can't remember off the top of my head the extent of that, whether she's out for this game as well. But that's one to wait and see towards the end of the week when Jonas Ardeval talks in previewing this game himself. Yes. Uh, right. And then on to the games on Sunday. We have Brighton and Hove Albion versus Liverpool at midday. Everton, West Ham, Tottenham, Aston Villa and Leicester versus Bristol City. So a lot to play for. I mean, especially uh, Bristol City, if they wanted to keep a fighting chance on with everyone at getting close to everyone else or relegation will be lo- looming larger and larger for them. Uh, Brighton, how will they get on? Obviously getting that big uh, victory yesterday in the FA Cup but uh, we still don't know what's going on with their managerial front there yeah it's amazing how quiet it is like there's just been nothing on it at all like mm. it seems like my cussy and the other fella just maybe Wait, doing what did you call it season. my cussy Adam, no, it's Mikey it? Harris <laughs> Mikey Harris my cussy is the former <laughs> Australian cricketer isn't he <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a. Oh, no. God, I hope he doesn't listen. Oh, no. Brian Sorensen's going to tell him. (laughs) You can't. He's suspended. (laughs) No, that's why he's listening. He hasn't got a game to prepare for. He's just listening to us. Oh, gosh. Uh, But yeah, that's Mikey Harris. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Michael's. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh God, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. <laughs> no. uh, did you say you said Villa Tottenham? As a Villa fan, look, I'm worried. Tottenham are a good team. They made us look. It, it was a bit of an embarrassing defeat to them last time out, losing four-one after we'd started very well against them. 14. I'd hope. Yeah, was it four-two? Yeah, I just forget. Yeah. Honest, who cares? We lost <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, other than that, I just hope we put in a good performance. That's all I want from the team now. Put in a good performance, yeah. beat the teams we should beat, finish as high as we can, and get to the Conti Cup final. Just to annoy everybody that thinks we should get knocked out. Yes. Everton West Ham, I'm actually intrigued by this weekend. That could be a good one, I think. Do you know, I'd, on paper, I'd, I'd look at West Ham right now. They are in the best position out of the two to win this. Momentum's yeah, with them. Although that 7-1 win yesterday for uh, Everton may help turn things around for uh, the Toffees, so you never know. You never know, but we said the same when they beat Villa in the FA Cup as well. They only beat, was it Leicester? They beat 
the next game after yeah, I can't. Twice. Yeah, and you know it, it's it's a weird one. But they are becoming more and more right with my prediction of what I was saying about them at the start of the season. Oh, you and your bloody predictions, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Anything else that we may have missed? So, obviously, uh, can't talk about the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Can't talk about the England squad because they're out after we've uploaded this podcast. God, honestly, call ourselves a women's football talk podcast. Can't even talk about anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, we know what we can talk about just to add it's this mad transfer rumor that's come out today, actually. Lena Oberdorf, Wolfsburg's mid German midfielder, apparently she's switching. German teams because apparently she's being linked with Bayern Munich, which would be quite a remarkable move for Bayern. Yeah, I mean, they're not really one to go out and make big name signings. Obviously, they got Georgia Stanway a couple of years back, and then this past summer they brought in Vanilla Harder. No, I said apart from that, and obviously brought in Vanilla <laughs> Harder and Magdalena Eriksson as they're well. Big but... names. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying apart from them, they don't really sign like the types of players like Wolfsburg do. Uh, and it feels like a very strange signing for them. Um, not one I was expecting to make at all. Uh, she's got a contract until 2025 with Wolfsburg. And there'd been some rumours that Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain had been looking at her. But uh, according to reports today from both Soccer Donna and Sport Build, uh, she's set to sign with Bayern Munich over the next few days or so. Like, that's the first proper, I guess you could say it's the first proper major name that Bayern have in their ranks. It shows that they are meaning business. They do now want to be amongst the elite. Mm, I mean, it's going to be very, very big. And like, this is a transfer that could shake up the women's transfers for a long time. I mean, not in terms of fee, because it's uh, reported 200,000 euros to 250,000 euros but in terms of like shocking move because everyone knows how good of a midfielder Oberdorf is and uh, having her in that uh, Bayern team alongside Georgia Stanway is incredible and what would that mean for Wolfsburg going forward in terms of their transfer who do they bring in to replace her who do PSG and Chelsea look at obviously if those rumours were true that they wanted to sign her it has a knock-on effect and it's something definitely to keep an eye out on and obviously any more whether we get official word about this move or not we'll make sure we're covering it on our uh, social media pages yes just saying psg they got linked with chloe kelly didn't they in yeah, the last a, week as well and then it was, was remember it the mary yeah i forget who it was exactly unfortunately that's bad one i always want to credit the people i don't remember who it was that i first saw it on might have been the guardian can't be sure but yeah like psg look like they're trying to mean business now as well so mm-hmm. you know, if we keep growing the amount of competitive teams that we get that's a it's only a good thing for the game yes and obviously speaking of french football for a brief second uh last week uh michelle kang had her 52.9 uh, majority stake of Leon confirmed. Uh, she spoke about how she wants to get the team a new training facility and long-term f- plans of getting uh, a better stadium for the team. Obviously, um, Leon being the most successful French club, the biggest in Champions League as well. Um, it's going to be interesting what she can do there. And obviously, she, 
earlier on this year, she acquired London City Lionesses in the Women's Championship over here in England. And then in 2022, she bought uh, the Washington Spirit. So she's had a very busy couple of years in terms of acquiring teams. And it'd be very interesting to see how she can get those to grow. Yeah, she's assembling the Infinity Stones. That's all she is. Mm -hmm. She's inevitable. She will own as many top clubs as she wants. She is Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I feel like that joke's been made already, so uh, I'll probably end it there pretty much before it gets any worse. And just, yeah, that is all for this week's podcast, of course. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at WF Talks, also on Instagram at Women's Football Talk. That's all one word. We also have posts coming out on our sub stack. The link is in the description for that too. But with that, it, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, and uh, I can't wait for this weekend's games. And did you make, say Twitter? Yeah, you did say Twitter. I did say Twitter. I realised I hadn't said the YouTube, actually, because you'll be doing previews for this week's games, just a bit more in depth as well. It's a bit similar to what we've done on here, but honestly, this man, he knows what he's talking about on the YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. We're close to hitting 1,100 subscribers on there. The channel's growing. Thank you if you are already subscribed. It's amazing seeing that rise the last yes. few months. It's been an incredible rise, and we do truly appreciate it. We hopefully is only the start. Until then, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>